Man, you're going to be glad you tuned in today because you need to hear the questions that we're talking about today. And I know that because I need to hear them. There have been a number of questions that have come in that have to do with anger. Why should I forgive somebody? How do I forgive somebody if they don't want to be forgiven? What do we do with the, all the anger going on around us? All of the anger in politics, uh, all of the divisions that are happening between people. It seems like we're becoming an increasingly angry society. So I want to read to you three quotes about anger and talk about the question of how do we deal with it and then actually take a few moments today to pray and to ask God for uh, freedom and liberation from the wrong kinds of anger and the power to deal with it in a productive, constructive way. The first quote about anger is from Henry Farley. He writes, Wrath wrong kind of anger, is the love of justice perverted into the desire for revenge and for the injury of somebody else. Justice is the proclaimed motive for every manifestation of wrath. So one of the ways that we get into problems with anger, and sometimes wrath is used as a word to describe the wrong kind of anger, is uh, with all of the seven deadly sins, as you might know, Rebecca DeYoung writes about this in a wonderful book. Each one of them is actually a hunger for a desire for something that's good, that gets perverted out of being pursued in the wrong way or an excessive amount. And what we're after when we're angry, the good that we want is justice. Anger is what we experience when justice gets thwarted. And anger will involve both a recognition that what's right is not happening and that it creates energy. It provides a desire to seek to set things right. And so that can be a very good thing. The problem is that because we are sinful and we confuse my will with what is just, uh, it's very, very difficult to handle anger well. And it's a good thing to be angry in the face of injustice. In fact, there is actually a sin of not being angry when we ought to be. And as a society, as we continue to struggle and wrestle with our history around race and racial injustice, uh, the sin of not being angry in the face of slavery when slavery existed or Jim Crow when it did, uh, or, or simply the kind of gap that exists to this day between whites and blacks when it comes to flourishing and well-being uh, is something that's very often a sin, particularly for those of us in privileged categories. So anger is a very important uh, connection to justice, but very hard to anger well to handle anger well because I easily go to being angry when it's not my will that's being done as opposed to God's will that's being done. American Psychological Association says that for angry people, their their basic complaint is they want things done their way. They want their will to be done. So second quote, this is from the author Anne Lamott, not forgiving, when you get angry, not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. So uh, th the problem with not forgiving is what it does to me. And Aquinas used to talk about three different problems we have in the way in which we deal with anger, the how of our anger management. And one is to get angry too easily, and that's to be irritable. 
And you all know what it's like to be around an irritable person where you feel like you have to walk on eggshells because they might be set off. That's a person where the threshold, the bar they set for injustice that can trigger their temper is way, way, way too low. And temper is a very easy, uh, interesting word. Uh, to be tempered actually means to be moderated or to have an appropriate kind of self-control. Uh, to be well-tempered, as opposed to losing your temper. And you know, the first problem with that is to just be an irritable person. And then the second problem is to get too hot, to get more angry than the situation actually calls for. If you've ever seen an old movie, The Father of the Bride, with Steve Martin, there's a scene where he's in a grocery store and there's already a lot going on in his life. He's concerned because the wedding is costing way too much money and it's way too complicated. And underneath that, there's a deeper level of anxiety, hurt, fear, because he fears he is getting old. He fears he is losing his daughter that he loves. But what triggers him in the grocery store is that there he wants to buy hot dogs and buns, but the hot dogs have eight hot dogs in a container and the buns have 12 buns in a container. And so he starts removing the superfluous buns. And when the grocery store uh, worker confronts him on that, he just has a complete meltdown and says, you understand the problem is some big shot at the wiener factory got together with some big shot at the hot dog factory and decided to rip off the great American public. And that's me. And I'm not going to stand for it anymore. And he ends up having to be bailed out of jail by Diane Keaton because it really isn't worth it to lose that much anger over uh, the number, the ratio of hot dogs to hot dog buns. Well, it's the second way that anger gets into problems. Uh, a friend of mine, Steve Carter, talks about the thing beneath the thing describes a time in his own life when he just blew up, got furious over something that did not merit it. And his mentor said to him, welcome to the endless pursuit of discovering the thing beneath the thing. Always underneath our anger, there will be other dynamics. Neil Warren used to say that anger is actually a secondary, not a primary emotion, and that there is fear or hurt or frustration going on underneath it. So when I'm angry to stop and ask, what's the thing beneath the thing? Where am I afraid? Where am I frustrated? Where am I hurt that's fueling this anger is a real important part of learning to manage anger well. And then the third problem with anger is that we hold it too long, Aquinas said. And that's one of my biggest problems. I don't always have a, uh, a quick anger trigger, but when I get angry at somebody, I can nurse resentment. I can nurse a grudge for a long time. And in this season of my life, that the tendency of thoughts to spiral, so interesting the language that we use, to nurse a grudge like I nurse a little baby, to keep it alive. There's something about that that actually makes me feel good. But the problem with it is it's like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. And so that leads to the third quote. This is from Joseph Piper. The power of anger is actually the power of resistance in the soul. Anger, when it's done right, is an act of resisting that which is not just, that which should not be. And that's part of why the Bible has a fair amount to say about the anger of God. And it's actually a very good thing. 
when one human being can oppress another human being, when people can abuse or molest or steal or betray. If God is any kind of a God, there must be something like anger in the heart of God around it. And the scriptures say there is. But now God doesn't have a body. His heart doesn't pound. His blood pressure doesn't go up. Anger is not something that is at all difficult for God to control. And Rebecca DeYoung writes about this in the Bible. The verse that is, the, the statement that's most often made in the Old Testament about the anger of God. People often think about hellfire and brimstone. They think about Jonathan Edwards' famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. But she writes Genesis, Numbers, Nehemiah, uh, over and over in the Bible, Psalm 103, I think it's verse 8. For the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in love. The remarkable thing about the Lord's anger is how slow it is. Because it always works in concert with his love to seek to produce good. And I want to be that way. So I want to take a moment right now to pray. This may be the beginning of your day or the middle of it or going into it. Just take a moment, close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Remember that the Spirit of God is right here. And I'll just bring to mind if there's any resentment, any anger, any wrath, any frustration, somebody who has hurt you, somebody that you want to hurt back. Offer a surrendered will to God. Paul has this wonderful statement in Romans chapter 12, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God, would you free me now from the toxicity of resentment? Would you give me the courage to do what is right and not to give in to what is wrong? Would you give me the compassion of one who has been forgiven by Jesus at the cross so that I might operate with courage and grace today? I pray this for you in Jesus' name. I'll see you tomorrow.